You're listening to the All Indie Writers Podcast with host Jennifer Mattern. Helping serious freelancers, bloggers, and indie authors go pro. Hello and welcome. I'm Jen Mattern, your host of the All Indie Writers Podcast. Thank you for joining me today for episode number 11. You can find show notes and links to resources mentioned in this episode by visiting allindiewriters.com slash podcast slash 11. In today's episode, we'll explore branding considerations for writers. Then I'll tackle a community question about copyright concerns when you use a book excerpt as a part of your book promotion efforts. And then I'll share one of my favorite resources for finding great domain names when you're thinking about launching a new website or blog. Let's get to it. Let's start by talking about branding for writers. As a writer, whether that's a freelance writer or a blogger or an author, you have two basic branding options. You can choose a brand name, which would be like a company name, or you can focus on personal branding, where you focus on your own name. And there are benefits to both here. With personal branding, you obviously have that more personal touch, and that can be beneficial in networking. So if your goal, for example, is to focus on your author name more than a publishing company name when you're selling your books, you would probably want to focus your branding on your author brand. As a freelancer, perhaps you, again, want to focus on your name, building yourself up as an authority, or you might choose a company name to focus on. So you could tie that company name to a particular type of writing or a particular industry, or you might choose a company name because you plan on bringing on subcontractors and it won't solely be you. I already mentioned one of the bigger benefits of personal branding in the sense of networking and building authority status, but company brands have value too. That especially comes into play when your business might change in the future. So for example, my company name now is 3Beat Media. It used to be JH Matter and Communications. Now when I started my business, it was a PR firm. I did a lot of writing through that PR firm, but I wasn't writing exclusively at that point. The brand name covered not only the writing, but also my PR consulting and other work. And when I decided to move into full-time writing and publishing, it still fit. Now, I decided to go with a brand name a little later on that didn't have anything to do with my name, and that was because I would be writing under pen names for different projects, and I needed something broader, a sort of umbrella brand to encompass everything. So my brand name now is 3Beat Media. Now, I can move into music, which is a a lifelong passion of mine. I could move into video work. I could move into quite a few different project areas and still have 3Beat Media be an appropriate brand name. So that's the benefit of having a company brand. Now, if you have a reason that you want to protect your name as well, such as privacy concerns, that's another good reason to consider having a company brand instead of focusing on personal branding. But what some writers don't realize is that you don't actually have to choose. You can do both. Now, again, this is what I do. I have the company brand. It sort of serves as an umbrella for everything else to fall under. But I do still focus very heavily on my personal brand. 
Now that doesn't only include my maiden name, which is what you know me as, and what most of my nonfiction writing and blogging falls under, but it also covers the pen names that I choose to write under. So each pen name is like its own personal brand. So you can have it both ways. You don't have to choose between them. The company brand just gives you some extra benefits and the sense of growth that a personal brand sometimes can't. And the personal branding gives you an opportunity to connect on a more one-on-one -on -one personal basis with people. Now, what exactly does branding include for a writer? What do you need to worry about? I want to give you a few ideas of the things you'll need to consider when you're coming up with a brand. One is your company name and or domain name, and that would also include pen names. We'll talk about domain names a little bit more shortly when I share a great tool with you to help you pick them. Your brand also includes color schemes, your logo, your professional site if you're a freelancer, or your author site, or your blog. That includes your font choices, your slogans, your taglines, any core messages you have about what your biggest benefits are, what it is that you do or offer. And also it involves your tone and your personality. So for example, when I started out in PR, I had a very blunt, almost abrasive approach to things and it set me apart. It wasn't common in an industry that's so full of spin and ass kissing. And it made me stand out. And surprisingly to a lot of people, I stood out in a good way. Clients loved it, they found it refreshing. Now, I see so many people doing that and doing it poorly that I wouldn't recommend it to most people. But you need to have something about your personality that sets you apart. So figure out what that is or the tone and how you write and make yourself seem different than everybody else, that can be a big part of your brand. So let's briefly talk about how branding can actually help you sell your books and land more clients. The idea of having a brand is that readers know what to expect from you, and that's why it's good to write drastically different content under different pen names. So for example, you wouldn't want to write children's picture books and also write erotica under one brand name. It's not a consistent brand. You want people to know what to expect, so you would have a different pen name for each project type in this scenario. Each would have its own distinct brand, and readers would come to each of those pen names knowing what to expect when they buy your next book. And the same applies for freelancers. You don't want to specialize in extremely different industries or niches or project types and end up confusing your potential customers. You would brand your sites or your pen names to your different markets. So basically you want a consistent brand for each target market that you're working with. You need to be consistent. You need people to be able to anticipate what they can expect from your next book, from your next project, from your working relationship as a freelancer, from your next blog post. If they have no idea what's coming and what's coming might be completely irrelevant to them, then you failed at branding. So come up with a brand that is appropriate for your target market and then keep it consistent. That's really the key to branding as a writer, whether you go with a company brand or a personal brand. 
that choice is completely yours. And like I mentioned before, you're not limited to one or the other. Now let's move on to a question from the community. Today's reader question comes from Lee Tucker. Lee asks, on the recent podcast, you mentioned putting up excerpts from stories on an author's blog to help generate traffic. I've always been a bit concerned about doing this because of fear of someone else taking my idea or story. Are there any copyright protections or methods of ensuring that something like this doesn't happen? That's a great question, Lee, and I'd like to touch on a few different issues here. First is the issue of copyright. Now, the moment you wrote your book or your story, it was protected by copyright. And if your book is already published or is soon to be published, chances are good that you've already registered that copyright as well. So as far as copyright concerns, you don't really have a concern. You're already protected. Now, does that mean nobody is ever going to try to rip you off? Of course not. There are always people out there who are scam artists or are too lazy to come up with something of their own, and they're going to rip people off. It's what they do. And that's why your copyright protections give you recourse if something like that happens. Now, let's talk more about the issue of an excerpt giving away your ideas. It's important to remember that an idea can't be copyright protected. So, you know, they feel like your precious little gems, your babies, and you don't want anybody else to have them. But the truth is, there were probably books like yours before you came up with your idea. It doesn't mean you ripped it off from somebody else, and it doesn't mean that somebody else is ripping it off from you. So you know, just accept the fact that your book is probably not as unique as you think it is. And while it's important to protect your intellectual property rights, you don't have to shelter your book because everybody out there is out to get you and trying to steal your precious book. That isn't reality. So don't worry about the few thieves that are out there who might try something nefarious. You know, just keep an eye out for it. And if you see something like that happening, go after them. Now, Specifically, we're talking about publishing an excerpt of your book on your blog to help build interest in the story before people buy it. And you can do that before the book is released or after. But again, you really don't need to worry about people seeing that excerpt and trying to steal your ideas. And that's because the excerpt is such a small part of the overall book that it shouldn't give away the whole story. Somebody shouldn't be able to see a one-chapter excerpt from your story and recreate the entire thing. There shouldn't be that much information in the excerpt that you're sharing. For example, it's like reading the first chapter before you buy a book. The reader isn't going to know everything that comes next. That's the whole point. Your excerpt is just to whet their appetite, to make them curious, to make them want to know what comes next, to make them buy your book. And a thief isn't going to know any more than any other reader. So again, it's not really a concern. All of that said, there are lowlifes out there who do rip off author's work and try to pass it off as their own. You know, these people might not have any ideas of their own. Maybe they're just lazy or they're greedy, whatever their reason is. There's no excuse for them. So what you do is you keep your eye out for copyright infringement after the fact, after your book is published. 
And you can go after it at that point if you feel it's necessary. Um, for example, in the U.S., you have the Digital Millennium Copyright Act, DMCA. And if you find that somebody has uploaded your story on a site without your permission, you would file a DMCA takedown notice with them or with their hosting company. And you can go after most copyright infringement after the fact, even if you don't choose to pursue it in court. Now, I've dealt with this a lot with my blogs, too. It's not an issue that's specific to authors. I wrote a guest post a while back for Catherine Aragon where I explained my process for going after content thieves. Now, in that case, I was talking about people who ripped off my blogs, but you would go through the same process if somebody posted your book online or republished it or had it for download. So I will include a link to that article, which has a lot of tips on how you can identify the thief and who is hosting their website and who you should contact and when. I'll put a link up at the show note page, which will be found at allindiewriters.com slash podcast slash 11. I think it's also important to understand that releasing excerpts and just talking about your book in general, giving people an idea of what to expect, that is very important to your book marketing. And it's something that should happen even before the book is released. So you can't let these fears override all of the marketing benefit you would be getting. And I like to look at it this way. If you tell people what your story is about, if you give them samples, what you're doing is you are connecting that story and those characters to your name as the author. You're the creator. It was your idea. And the earlier you do that, the clearer it's going to be to potential readers when somebody else rips you off it's going to be clear that you created that story, not this other person. So in that sense, it actually helps you. You know, it's some, it ties that idea to you and only you. And the more that idea is tied to you as an author, the less likely it is that somebody's going to try to pass it off as their own. It's too easy to prove that it isn't theirs. So don't be afraid to use excerpts or to otherwise promote your book early on. Go ahead and talk about it. Let people get to know your characters, give them an idea of what your story is about, where it takes place. You know, you don't have to give anything away, but connect that story to you. Really brand it as your own. And I hope that helps. Now I'd like to move on and tell you about one of my favorite tools for picking new domain names when I'm looking to launch a new website or blog. I always have projects in development. Now when I'm looking to launch one of these new projects, if let's say an idea comes to me and I say, wow, I'd really like to create a site in this niche, but I don't have any brand ideas. I don't have a name for it and I don't know where to start. So I can't just go to my registrar site and plug in the domain name and see if it's available or get their suggestions. What I need is something more keyword based. So you could go to domain name generators Honestly, I haven't seen a domain name generator that I've been happy with in close to a decade. Um, the one I used to use no longer exists. So what I started doing was looking into dropped domains. These are domain names that people have registered before, but they've since let them go. They've expired and they've been released by the old registrar. And they're available to be registered again now by someone new. The reason dropped domains are great is because you know that somebody else already saw value in these domains. 
So there's a better potential that there's something brandable there. You know, sometimes these are companies that might have folded, they no longer exist, or somebody had an idea for a site and they just never pursued it. So they eventually let the domain name go, which is what I do. You know, I register a domain name for a new idea. And if I decide not to pursue that idea, I let the domain go and it would show up on these dropped lists. Now, one of the best sites I've come across for these is called justdropped.com. And what you do is you go there, you sign up, it's free to register, and then you can run domain searches. So you can put in a keyword. So let's say I wanted to start a new blog about marketing. I can plug in the word marketing in their search tool, domain names starting with marketing, domain names ending with marketing, or I can look for any domain name containing the word marketing. And actually, I believe you can add three words in that section. So a domain name has to include word one, word two, and word three. Um, usually I only worry about the one tied to the niche I'm focused on. You can then limit your search to .coms, .nets, .orgs, and there are several domain extensions you can choose from. So if you're only interested in .coms, then you would check only that one off. And you can also limit the number of characters in the domain names. And you can decide how old the domain name should be as far as when it dropped or when it became available again. So if you recently did a search, for example, you might only want to look at ones that were released in the last seven days or in the last 30 days instead of the last 60 or 90 days. You simply conduct a search and you'll come up with all kinds of ideas in there. And that doesn't mean that you're necessarily going to use one of the ideas that it spits back at you, but it might inspire you to think of other similar brand names. This is a great tool for finding keyword rich domain names. And if you get creative with it and give it a little flexibility, you not only find the great keyword domain names, but you'll find really great brandable ideas in there that happen to include your keyword. And that's why I don't suggest necessarily typing in three different keywords, just focus on one, and then you'll find better branded options that include it. So again, that's a great tool. It's justdropped.com. You do have to register, I believe, um, but it's free. So check it out, play with the tool, and who knows, maybe you'll come up with a new blog name or, you know, a new domain name for your professional site there. It's a really cool tool. Do you have follow-up questions to any of the topics discussed in this episode? Submit those or other writing-related questions to be answered in a future podcast episode through the contact form at allindiewriters.com slash podcast by emailing me at jen, that's J-E-N-N, at allindiewriters.com or by leaving me a voicemail at 484-575-1345. You can find show notes and related links for this episode at allindiewriters.com slash podcast slash 11. You can also access this podcast, audio blog posts, and related audio productions by visiting freelancetheater.com. You've been listening to the All Indie Writers Podcast with Jen Mattern, a freelance theater production. Freelance theater. It's all writers need for life's little episodes.